This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Brian, uh, a partner at Strong Coffee Marketing in Edmonton. I'm thrilled to be presenting the uh, PGA of Canada podcast series, uh, talking a little bit about marketing with uh, PGA professionals from across the country. Um, before we get started, I just wanted to, to mention I'm one of the instructors as part of the PGA of Canada Training Academy. Uh, I teach the Introduction to Marketing class. And through that, uh, I was able to meet some really interesting people as some of my students. And it's going to be a lot of fun over the next few weeks to chat with some of them and learn a little bit more about how they operate and some of the ups and downs of marketing that they've come across through their, um, their professional lives. Very excited to welcome today um, Kyla and Naba from Predator Ridge. Uh, how are you doing? Brian, thank you. I'm doing great. Uh, we are just winding down uh, our season, so getting to breathe a little bit more, but of course, there's always more projects on the go. Time to take a break, for sure. Yeah. Maybe tell us a little bit about um, your role at Predator Ridge, the kind of stuff that you do on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am the Academy Manager at Predator Ridge. Um, so that basically includes all of our kind of junior grassroots, developmental, competitive juniors. Um, I run a program that we'll probably dive into, Swing Like a Girl, which is our ladies only program. Uh, of course, we have, I do tons of kind of male lessons as well. And we've got a great kind of season long program that runs throughout the season for some of those clients or golfers, club golfers, you want to just kind of dive deeper for an entire season. Um, sometimes we have special events that will run through the academy. Um, and yeah, we can dive into that later, but lots of stuff, kind of your typical academy, but of course, trying to make it uh, a strong connection point in our community. For sure. And for anybody that hasn't been to Predator Ridge, it's an amazing, amazing facility, kind of propped up on a hill um, near Vernon, BC. Um, really beautiful with with residential and and golf and all sorts of neat things. So um, well worth your time to get out there and, and check things out. Let's talk a little bit about your journey to get to this point as a PGA professional. How did how did this whole thing begin and, and how did you get to where you are? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I went to school, played college golf at UBC in Vancouver um, before there was a UBCO, which dates me a little bit. Um, and then I went on, I wasn't ready to quit playing competitive golf. So I played kind of competitive amateur golf for a little bit, then turned pro, um, and played professional golf, mostly in Australia and, um, the United States. Um, and of course that helped me kind of expand my network. Uh, so then when it was time to maybe transition into something a little bit more, solid, let's say, uh, I was able to transition into um, coaching and instruction. Uh, and then prior to that, of course, I was always working in the golf shop part time, uh, working kind of outside services, bag drop, that kind of stuff, part time through college and stuff. So I was very familiar with the golf and service industry. 
Um, and then I've found myself now in coaching and instruction. Cool. So quite the journey. And, and I think maybe something a little bit unique for you is the fact that you turned pro and actually played on some professional tours, which maybe some people don't go that way. They go straight into the club pro kind of route. Now, one thing you didn't mention, and I had to do some looking up, um, tell us a little bit about your experience on the golf channel. Oh yeah. I sometimes I forget about that. I was <laughs> on, um, a reality golf TV show called altered course, uh, which was produced by the golf channel. Um, and it was just extreme golf. So that was, I think in 2015, we filmed it. Um, same producers as the big break. I think a lot of people would be familiar with the big break. So it was extreme golf. It was speed golf. Um, and then it was altered holes or altered course. So you tee off on, let's say number one tee box, you'd drive over the trees into a checkpoint and number two fairway. And then you finish on, let's say number three or number five green or something like that. So um, that was fun. We got to meet a lot of other people um, that were also pursuing professional golf, I would say at the time. Um, but a lot of different, a lot of those players came from a lot of different corners of the world. So a lot of us still keep in touch. And again, that just kind of expands my network for um, even coaching nowadays. So sure. very, very cool experience. I'd do it again in the heartbeat. And, you know, I had, when I saw that, I had to go and look it up because I wasn't familiar with that one. Like you said, many people would be familiar with the big break, which I, I've seen that one before. So I, I checked it out. Extreme golf is an understatement. It was yeah. just like nuts. It was bonkers. <laughs> like yeah. the kind of stuff they were making you do it. And like, when we talk about speed golf, you don't realize like how fast everybody is running. And all of a sudden you're running like down this giant hill. And all of a sudden you have to stop and completely catch your breath and then hit this shot. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Like who can do that? So yeah, it's, for sure. It's, There's... It can be found online. It's, it's quite, I won't spoil what happens to your team, but um, it's crazy. <laughs> like, it was... Yeah. It's fast. It's exciting. Um, it was a new thing for the golf channel at the time. So uh, it was really good. We did the first year I was instructing and teaching at Predator Ridge. We did a little altered course Predator Ridge, um, which was quite fun. Um, but yeah, you can play a hole, a golf hole in like under two minutes. And it's crazy. People did on the show. Yeah. I, I was amazed. It was. Yeah. Yeah. No. And it was filmed in Jamaica, correct? Yeah. We filmed in Jamaica. I think it was like February of 2015, something like that. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So a very unique path to how you got to, to where you are today. Um the past couple of years obviously are filled with challenges to say the least. Um, and I know outside of not just COVID, there were some, some natural challenges at, in around Vernon as well. What was this past year or past couple of years like in terms of things that you and, and the professionals you worked with at Predator Ridge kind of ran into? What was that like? Uh, I think in general with COVID, everyone was pivoting and trying to restructure. And um, one of the great things, obviously, about being in the golf industry was we had to like find, you know, we were in high demand golf instructors. Mm -hmm. So it was just like, okay, how can we fulfill all of these? So whether that meant pivoting into more group classes or, you know, how can we kind of make this work? Um, so that was fantastic, obviously, for, for us instructors and coaches um, in a good way. Uh, and then I would just say like for us in the Okanagan, we deal with typically one or two big fires, um, every year. Uh, so there is the kind of the, the smoke and the heat, um, that we have to deal with. Um, and so, yeah, that's just something where, unfortunately we don't have like an indoor facility at Predator Ridge. Uh, we do in the winter time, we do have simulators. Um, but in the summertime, we just kind of have to 
go with the punches and see if it's mm -hmm. kind of safe enough for us to be outside for that long and in that heat. And um, I always say my um, to my students and my clients, uh, it's you can cancel or reschedule if you'd like to. We always want it to be in a good learning environment for the for the client. So um, a lot of reshuffling sometimes. Um, but I do have a lot of hardcore students. So I actually did a fair bit of teaching in the smoke this year, just staying covered up and masked up and all that kind of stuff. So, cool. yeah. But I think pivot has been the word you used. It. It's been a word that everybody has used over the past little bit. And um, hopefully we're starting to see the other side of it. But I think you're right about the golf business specifically. It became a really high demand industry all of a sudden because it was the one thing you could do safely outdoors. You could go and kind of see your friends, et cetera, as well. And it was, um, I, I think there were, a lot of people that maybe took up the game or got going with the game again, because that was what was available. So it was interesting yeah. to see. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of other athletes coming from other sports crossover, lots of beginners. Um, I bet beginners swing like a girl programs were like through the roof. It was crazy. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about swing like a girl. Maybe tell us a little bit about the program and what makes it so unique. Yeah, uh, so Swing Like a Girl was birthed by um, AJ Ethorn, who is an ex-LPGA player. Um, when she kind of transitioned out of the LPGA, she landed at Predator Ridge. And we were lucky enough to kind of have her formulate that program. Um, and so the basic um, premise, I would say, of that program when I came in five years ago was it was kind of uh, a camp, let's say, I don't know how many we ran every month, but like a day camp for ladies. Um, and then as AJ kind of transitioned out of golf, um, and then when I got to kind of get in there and kind of refresh like a girl, um, for us now, it's a very large umbrella of things, all things swing like a girl. So we run a ladies night uh, through the summer every week. Uh, we still have those classic kind of day camps that I just run once a month. Uh, and then we have numerous different clinics uh, that I'll run in like a four week or five week program, uh, everywhere from, I call it a starter program to the improved program, uh, and all different types of skills. Uh, I run like a basic, just etiquette class that we just talk about etiquette, etiquette for the newbies, uh, which is usually, I love running that one. Cause you can be fun and goofy and you kind of make fun of those weird unwritten rules that mm -hmm. like we all know, but to like new beginner golfers, they're like, what do you have to do? Like you have to like, what's honor golf, you know, like all these things that, um, yeah, just going through the unwritten rules of golf, which is, which is fun for me to kind of educate the new golfers on so they can feel comfortable going out on the course. And that's a huge thing, um, with, especially with the COVID golfers, right. They were coming mm -hmm. from other sports, so they didn't know any of that. So safe to say Swing Like a Girl is almost like an umbrella brand at this point with a whole bunch of different programs underneath it, really. Absolutely. Yeah, we market it as a lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. And for me, it's just really building the community at Predator Ridge. So everyone feels like um, golf is maybe a little bit more accessible. Um, everyone's welcome. It can be we've got members that sign up. We've got like homeowners who aren't members. We've got locals. Um, I would say like the target audience is definitely homeowners residents but we get people from everywhere we get people dropping in from toronto and whenever the travel ban was off um mm -hmm. we yeah. have people from all over the place coming in cool no that's really interesting i know in the intro to marketing class one of the classes we talk a lot about 
um, getting families involved. That's kind of like the exercise that we do, getting families involved in golf. And it's interesting that some of those things carry through to this program. You mentioned like the intro to etiquette and that kind of thing. Those, those barriers that prevent people from giving the sport a try because they're worried about something or because they don't know something, being able to kind of smash some of those things down. And, you know, the more they know about golf and the more they're comfortable about golf, the better chance they have of turning into a golfer, or at least for short term and hopefully long term. Yeah, that's really good. 100%. 100%. So you mentioned the target audience. When we talk about marketing as well, obviously, we want to touch a lot on the target audience and understand who you're trying to market this to. So you're in a bit of a unique situation because you've got those residents both really local as in like right on the golf course, but also in the neighboring communities as well. Would you say that's kind of the focus, getting people to come out there for the day? Uh, Is that kind of your, your primary focus when looking at marketing that? Yeah, I would say every program that we run is a little bit different, but um, our main kind of local market would be our homeowners and residents. Um, Not necessarily members for Swing Like a Girl, although we do have a lot of members participate. Um, But because a lot of people will maybe think that Swing Like a Girl is just for newbies or newer golfers, um, we won't reach those members right away, even though we have created platforms and programs for them. Um, but yeah, I would say our, our, um, nine hole night, uh, was created by a group of residents who just wanted to play nine holes. They didn't want to do 18. Some of them were members. Some of them were off on, um, whatever you call it when they're kind of on, they have their membership on hold, I suppose. Uh, and they just wanted to play nine holes every week with their friends. And so it was a kind of a, a resident run group. And it got so big that they said, look, we need some help. And uh, that's where I kind of like stepped in and said, look, yeah, we can totally do this. We can bring some sponsors on board and just make it fun. And it's like a total no judgment zone. And um, they can go out and keep score if they want or not, or play a scramble or keep their own score, mm-hmm. whatever they want to do. Um, so it's just like a really safe zone that they can come out and play and have fun and um, have some social time with some of their neighbors. So interesting when you talk about the residents being that target audience, you probably get to know them quite well because they literally live right there, right? So when you when you talk about marketing, this particular program, is it a lot of word of mouth then? Or do you still use some of the traditional marketing um, tactics, even though you can really walk around to your audience? They're that, that squished in there. Yeah, this was definitely um, a word of mouth program to start with, especially when we brought on kind of our Thursday night nine hole group our ladies night. Um, and I would say, uh, I mean, word of mouth is just so powerful to be honest in, in a community like this. Um, and then it's just, it's grown from there. So like people kind of see how much fun we're having and then they kind of just, they want to see, okay, well, what is this actually about? So when I put it then on my social media feeds so they can have a sneak peek of what we're doing, then you can really get the buy-in. Um, but absolutely the original buy-in was from just the the homeowners and the word of mouth. And I put in a lot of FaceTime, I would say, the first year I kind of took over. I was on the first tee, teeing them off every Thursday night. I'd give away a free lesson every Thursday night, um, that kind of thing, so that they could just get to know who I am, the community we're trying to build, and like just build that trust that, look, I'm here for you guys to like have a great time. Um, and again, it's, it was more about the lifestyle than the actual golf for a lot of mm-hmm. these ladies, the social. And definitely, as you get to know them, they start to trust you and, and 
you can carry that program on when you introduce new elements of it as well, because they kind of know you and they know the program. Why wouldn't they get involved, right? Yeah, and I think we we definitely talked to privately some of the uh, coordinators, the original coordinators who were running the residential program previously, and we just said, hey, is this something you guys would buy into? Um, and once you have them on board, then you can kind of have that trust throughout the group where they can kind of spread the, no, yeah, this is going to be good, everybody. Like, let's get into this. Let's give it a whirl, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear as somebody that is an Alberta resident, we view Predator Ridge as that resort course where you might go and play it once a year or maybe once in a lifetime or every couple of years or whatever. And and obviously the marketing tactics there to, to convince an Albertan or even somebody from the lower mainland to come to Predator Ridge, very, very different than this idea of, your target audience is literally at your doorstep and you, you can kind of do it through word of mouth. So it's interesting to hear that not, you, you can't just take that one size fits all marketing tactic and just throw it out there. And we're going to do the same thing every single time, completely different audiences and different viewpoints as well. Yeah. We're really lucky at Predator Ridge. We, we have a lot of different layers to our marketing. So obviously for me, um, building a kind of more of a grass, gra- grassroots community program is very local, but then, um, so that's done through emails, word of mouth, um, local database. Um, but then we'll have, uh, if you're driving into Kelowna through the West side, we have, you know, one of those big boards on the side of the road. Um, and you can see whatever we're doing, whatever's up there at the moment. I think it's real estate right now. Um, uh, and then we're, you know, we'll have a page spread in the newspaper will be in the local magazines as well so we kind of do everything we're always on the radio as well at the beginning of the year we'll do some um interviews there and of course commercials so we do a lot of it um the academy and teaching i would say is a lot more word of mouth uh which obviously can spread to bigger uh brands and bigger reaches kind Mm -hmm. of the more i do it Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. So let's flip it a little bit and, and look beyond Predator Ridge and swing like a girl. And something we also talk about in the mar- in the marketing class is the idea of the personal brand. So, you know, you work at Predator Ridge and you're in charge of this program, et cetera. But at the same time, a lot of golf professionals will also kind of try to build their personal brand. So maybe whether it's helping you get individual lessons or group lessons as you as as a person or perhaps one day when you move on, you carry that personal brand with you. How important is that building the personal brand side to you? Uh, I think it's everything. <laughs> I really do. Like it's, um, if people don't trust you and your methods that you've used to help them, whatever they're looking for, get better at golf, be able to play golf with their partner, be able to play in their first competition, um, then it's nothing. So you really have to have that personal brand. You really have to develop that trust between you and the client uh, or you and the target market. Um, And so they just, people want to know what they're getting. So if you don't put out there what you're selling, um, they're not just going to sign up blindly for a lesson from you or for a camp from you. So I think that's what um, I've really focused on in the last few years is just like putting out authentic, content of what I do. So I'll just mm-hmm. film what I do in a camp, what I do in a lesson, pop it onto my Instagram story, share it with Predator, they'll share it with kind of um their followers and uh then you have kind of an authentic piece of what I do every day. Mm-hmm. And and like yeah. you said, it's really important on that trust side because 
to, to people that wouldn't know a golf professional is a golf professional and you can teach me and you can teach me and you can teach me what makes you different and why should I come to you for a lesson as opposed to this person over here. And I think that's where that content that you mentioned can really be that decider. If I'm looking at two or three different professionals, oh, she puts out stuff all the time and this is what her lessons look like. And this is kind of her methodology that might sway me your way over somebody else. So yeah. yeah, And and I've seen some of the, the stuff that you've put out and of course, yeah, you want to make sure that people know what you do and know how you do it. And then ultimately it's going to be their decision, but you might as well, you know, do some things in your favor to help get them to come, come over to your side. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it is like golf, the golf industry is funny though. Like I have had people like just sign up for, I'd love to do a five day camp, like a private five day camp. And I'm going, you don't even know who I am and you're just going to trust me. So it's interesting in a way. And I feel like that does have um, maybe something to do with predator and our, our mm-hmm. reputation, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I just feel like I'm not going to go buy whatever it is, a fridge, a guitar lesson, whatever with, without researching what I'm buying. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, yeah. So you mentioned Instagram. What are some of the other tools that you use to build your personal brand? Um, my personal brand is, uh, I would say, Instagram for sure, if we're talking about social media, Facebook as well. Um, I haven't quite got onto the TikTok dances yet. I'm not sure, although I would like to. I just don't I think have it would enough be interesting. time. <laughs> maybe next year, 2022, yeah. maybe. Um, but I, again, just going back to like, creating a connection with the person in front of you. Um, I don't think there's anything better than giving a good lesson and them going away with, wow, that was really enjoyable. (laughs) So I think just making sure your product is really good, um, really reliable. And on the off occasion where you might not give your best lesson, having the communication skills to talk to the person and go, hey, look, maybe that wasn't um, your best or our best collectively together in that lesson and say, why don't you come back, uh, next week or come in for a free 15 minute checkup. So just again, creating that trust with you and the client is, I think the first thing you have to do in being a good marketer is having a a really good product and something that people can trust, um, uh, so they can come back week after week or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, ultimately you're not looking to do a one and done lesson or lesson package. You want these people to be with you for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. And just creating that relationship. And I used to really freak out when I was a young instructor about like, Oh my gosh, I don't actually really know what I'm doing. And is this a good lesson? Are they getting better? Um, and so once you kind of have enough of a baseline to know what you're doing technically, um, it then becomes really about the about the relationship and I guess for Predator Ridge like what people perceive as Predator Ridge like I am a tiny part of Predator Ridge but because I put so much FaceTime into instruction and videos online and because I have so much FaceTime like people will recognize me maybe before they recognize the GM or something so for me like that's something that has been interesting for buy-in and stuff like um, I'm almost more Predator Ridge brand than some of the behind the scenes admin people, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. Um, and then I think for golf pros in general, like, uh, our online teaching is becoming so big 
that you are going to have your branding with your golf course or with your in-season business. And then you'll definitely be able to create an online brand through whatever online teaching platform you'd like to use. There's so many out there now. Um, but that's huge behind having a personal brand um, opposed to just being a part of your club brand. Mm-hmm. And I you think know? too, you might be in a little bit of a different scenario because of the weather you get there. But I'd imagine that from a personal brand standpoint, there's some professionals that probably really have to lean on their perf- on their personal brand in the winter because they yeah. like it's kind of like it's shut down. There's snow. There's nothing we can do. You know, so that might almost be like you're building that for the off season when you kind of have that's going to be the source of your income, whether it's yeah. virtual teaching or or teaching indoors or whatever the case may be. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the virtual teaching for me, uh, I haven't really hit it that hard or tried, but I think if I could through I use Skillist as an online platform and they do a great, great, great job at kind of sharing some of their uh, online international instructors. Um, but I've occasionally had someone from Australia or someone from the UK, like pop into my inbox and send me some videos. So it really can go worldwide. Um, and there's like no boundaries in online golf right now. It's crazy. You can do yeah, whatever if, you want in online. If the technology is there, right. Why, why can't you teach somebody around the world a lesson, right? Looking at yeah. their swing bit from a video standpoint. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. One more thing on the personal brand front before we move off. In your opinion, how important is it to have your own personal website? So detached fully from whatever course or facility you work at, um, how important do you feel it is to have your own one that you can send people to? Um, That one's interesting for me. I don't have my own personal website. Uh, I think maybe if I kind of had the time to add it in, I think that's kind of like one of those things that could help or just make me look a little bit more professional. But I think in this day and age, a social media page or your Facebook and your Instagram page kind of shows people what you do. Um, maybe with some uh, Google reviews or TripAdvisor reviews, that kind of thing as well to kind of back you up. Um, for me, it's great. I can guide people to the Academy web page via Predator Ridge um, for their online booking and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then I'm just personally, I'm very lucky. I'm all over the Predator Ridge everything. So I've, I'm on the YouTube channel with some tips and instruction. I'm on the Instagram page with the same thing. Uh, so I'm lucky in that sense for my personal branding via Predator Ridge. Uh, and then in the off season, when I'm kind of a little bit more on my own, it's just kind of my Instagram uh, and my Facebook building that up that way. Mm-hmm. And word of yep. mouth too. If you've got that collection of clients, it's, it's easy to make a few phone calls or send a few emails, I'd imagine too. Yeah, referrals are huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my online coaching business through my Skillist platform is also another really great tool for me as well. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. So uh, I figured we could kind of end it with what I call quick hits. Now it's a little bit different for you because I've seen how you play speed golf. They're not going to be that fast. Like <laughs> we're not going to be like catching our breath in between shots. But I thought I would kind of use these last few minutes to kind of get your quick takes on a variety of marketing related questions. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll kind of see where it takes us. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you could go back and redo the marketing plan for your program, or even on the personal brand side, what's one thing you would do differently? 
Um, I think there's things that I've, I do now that I didn't do previously. So one thing that was really helpful for me was just adding a video into all the e-blasts that go out about our programs that are coming up. So if you just get an email that says this program that has X number of lessons, X number of group practices and whatever, let's say for me, for those in the golf industry, a TPI screen, people are going to be like, what the heck is that? I don't know. All they see is like 10 lessons, basically. It's the only thing they really are looking for. So if I can get on there with my own personality and my own character and give them like a one minute video on what is uh, what you get in this package it's so much more impactful. So that's mm -hmm. something that I would just make sure or ensure that now goes out with all of my communication. So just another layer of content to make that email a little bit different than every other email people ever get. Yep, just a little bit more, I don't know, engaging. Yeah, and is that yeah. just an email that you would link to from the, you put on YouTube and link from the, from the email or something you put right into the email? Yes. So it's, we're really lucky. We have a digital marketing director that we get to send what we want to her and she puts it out via an e-blast, which is fantastic. So I'm pretty sure it's like a private YouTube video that then they would, is embedded into the email and they can just click on it. Very cool. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, we talk a little bit in our class about offline marketing and the idea that I think the views of offline marketing have definitely changed. When we talk about offline marketing, whether it be newspaper, uh, radio, television, um, old school, mail drops, et cetera. In your opinion, would you say offline marketing is alive and well, dead, different, but still effective or other? Um, I guess I would say other i don't know i think there is a time and a place for it like i said with predator ridge like we have everything still so it's just the matter of like i think the niche that i'm in uh it's a little bit better online versus maybe the niche that at predator ridge when we're selling real estate it's everything still it's a billboard it's a newspaper ad it's on uh, on air uh on the radio on the tv whatever so i do think uh there's a time and place for both but i think in the teaching industry it's probably a little bit more online because everyone's looking for that quick tip youtube video instagram video whatever something they can watch while they're sitting on the couch or whatever the case may be yep yeah and I, yep. I would agree with you too i think too many people and this coming from an owner of a digital agency too many people think offline marketing is dead it's just different. Like, and you're right. Like if, if you're trying to sell real estate to someone on a golf course, some of those traditional methods might be exactly what your target audience is all about. The billboards, the newspaper ads, et cetera. So to just simply say, we're not going to use it because there's digital, you might just be missing out on a massive opportunity. So For um, sure. it's definitely worth your time to, to investigate further. Yeah. I think too, with us at Predator, it's like very much a community-based sell. So if you see the picture of the family with the dog hiking one of our trails, that's a huge seller for a lot of families, mm -hmm. right? Yep, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Fill in the blank. The social media channel I use most is? Instagram. I'm obsessed. I need to lay off a bit. <laughs> I probably need to go on a little detox every now and again. <laughs> well, a couple of weeks ago, you had the chance because, well, you didn't actually didn't really have a choice. It just went down for a while. Yes. But... <laughs> One question I do get on, on my end when, when I teach the class, your Instagram, is it solely Kyla the golfer or is it Kyla the person? 
Yeah, I treat it more as a professional page. So I do treat it more as a business page. Um, I feel though, like uh, some of the PGA, LPGA players that I do like following, you kind of do want a little snippet of what their like real authentic life is. So I do share a little bit of that, but I do try to keep it fairly golf-ish um, for the most part, just because most people who are new to my channel are looking for the instruction piece versus the what wine does Kyla like or what did she what do did on her Thanksgiving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the people that are like are part of my community at in Predator, they love knowing what I'm doing outside of the golf course, right? So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, for sure. And you kind of just briefly touched on this. What golfer is a must follow on social media in your opinion? Um I don't know. The original, like one of the original, original like Twitter slash Instagrammers that I like to follow was Christina Kim and Ian Poulter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Now I don't really have like a favorite favorite. I would say I really like to rally around the Ryder Cup and the Solheim Cup. So anyone who's active, like an active player on their social media accounts during that time, I would love to follow. And then um, because I'm obsessed with coaching, obviously, uh, shout out to my guy, Shaheen Nakiovani. If you don't follow him and you're a coach or kind of like a golf nerd, you need to follow him. Um, and so he just does a lot of like cause and effect in the golf swing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So very interesting, very like long explanations of why you would do this in a golf swing. And then um, one of the gals I used to play mini tours with, um, Tisha Allen. She is like, on, I'm sure she's on TikTok because she's, she's always doing like golf dances and she's an influencer at uh, different PGA and LPGA tour events and things. So she does a great job just like growing the game and making it fun. Um, and then Sean Foley. I really like kind of, he's maybe, he's technical, but also very much a coaching frame of mind. So a little bit of sports psych, motivation, that kind of thing. So Cool. All different and types of marketing, I would say. A little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned Christina Kim because I think Christina Kim got social media figured out before so many other people did. She was like cutting edge when she was doing what she was doing on Twitter in, in the early days, way, way before anybody else. For sure. For sure. And I would say yeah. the other guys, um, no laying up. They yep. kind of hit the golf scene on Twitter really early. Um, and they've made an entire golf media brand out of what that little Twitter handle started with. Yeah. 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 No, agreed. For sure. Yeah. For sure. If I gave you a scenario, whether you're building the personal brand or uh, swing like a girl or for Predator Ridge, whatever you want to go with. If I gave you the choice between 500 new social media followers, so maybe in your case, Instagram followers, or 500 qualified emails in an email list, which one are you taking and why? At this point, I would probably still take the email list because it they've signed up for the email list because they're interested. Um, so you'd have maybe more of a direct response from them um, versus 500 new social media followers. I mean, they're following me. They're following my friend Shaheen. They're following David Ledbetter. They're like, you know, they're following so many different coaches that who knows, you know, if they're following me every day or just like seeing me once a month, you know? Yep, for sure. So for I sure. would probably still go with an email. It's because I think it's more direct and they're maybe a bit more interested. 
And I would tend to agree with you there as well. You're right. They've already shown some sort of um, action or intent. They're more than willing to listen to you. Whereas I can follow anybody on social and then forget two minutes later that I followed them on social. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on to the next thing. Cause Oh, look squirrel. I'm looking yeah, over here. For now, sure. Right? For sure. Yeah. Squirrel no, for sure. Cool. Um, let's say you're running a junior camp and let's say I give you a thousand dollars to promote it. Where are you spending the money? Um, I would say I would take a little tiny bit of money and put it into making sure it gets maybe a proper sponsored community ad on social media. Other than that, I would just make sure a probably free email blast goes out to our local community. I put a free flyer maybe in the local schools or like YMCA. Um, and then I spend the rest of the money on really fun, like games and, interactive things we could do in the camp because going back to your point earlier <laughs> if the product isn't any good then who cares i think it's marketing, just right? like again i'd probably do a video of what the previous camps have been or the games mm -hmm. we would play just so they know what they're going to get um so you can like kind of get them get them in get them buying in earlier and then, yeah, I just spend all that money on so many fun games and like noodles, pool noodles and balls. And like, yeah, you can do so much with that for a junior camp. I would, I would come to that camp. I'm not a junior, <laughs> but I would come. Pool noodles, my, why not? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of my swing like a girl camps I set up and they look like a bit of a junior camp. And I'm like, why is it just for juniors? You're going to remember this more, you know, than if it was just a boring, like, you know, hit a hundred balls. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm I'm down with that. Um, question, have you ever been approached by or worked with an influencer? I guess one step further, have you ever been asked to be an influencer for something? Um, I am an ambassador right now for most recently Theragun, uh, Thera Body Products. They've done a really good job kind of like, I would say, entering into the golf scene. Uh, so we're actually currently doing a promotion at Predator Ridge for the month of October, uh, where it's kind of just more golf movement, health and wellness based. So I would do like a golf movement screen or assessment on the golfer, and then I'd show them how these products work that can kind of help them with their, um, mobility or any limitations they might have, how those TheraBody products might help. So that's been a really good one, um, recently. And then I do have some friends who are like true golf media influencers that I would say I don't even come close to um, on my own level, but uh, I can, I see it all the time, how um, brands want to hop on board with influencers uh, on social media. And I think it's amazing and sometimes outrageous all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I think golf is very untapped when it comes to that as well. I think, you know, golf can be a really tight knit community. And if you have the people that are speaking to those individuals and you can promote products or services through those, those different accounts, et cetera, I think it's a really powerful tool in a niche thing like golf. I think that's a really unique yeah. opportunity. Yeah. I think that people still want to like understand who you are. Like no one's going to mm -hmm. buy a product from someone they don't know or trust. Mm -hmm. So I do think if you're going to influencer ambassador, you do need to like let the people kind of see who you are and see like what your purpose is in your industry. Um, and that way they'll, again, probably buy in a little bit sooner, let's say. For sure. 
Yeah. And I guess the other, the flip side of influencers, which we've all seen, <laughs> how frequently do you see people doing TikTok dances on the tee box or around the course at Predator Ridge? Right. Uh, well, I would say it's a little bit more common in like junior golf, right? Because you mm-hmm. see a lot of the kids doing it, but you also see adults doing it. Um, <laughs> so it's just interesting. I think like my, uh, one of my friends, Tisha, that I mentioned earlier, she does it really well because who doesn't love to dance? Like you can't dance and not have a smile on your face probably so bringing something fun like that to golf I don't mind at all like it Mm -hmm. should be fun right enough with the khaki pants and the you know no smiles no fun zone we got let's have some fun yeah Yeah, for sure I agree 100 (laughs) and the final question before we wrap up what's the best piece of marketing advice that you can give to other golf professionals Um, I've got a few, I would say the first thing is just don't sit and wait for people to like find you. (laughs) That's the first thing. So create content, like I say, so people like know what you're all about. They know what they're getting as your product. Um, if you need to give away, give away 30 minute lessons as an instructor for me, that really boosted my, um, my brand. And I suppose my, uh, I don't know. I guess the first year I did that with Swing Like a Girl, I gave away a free 30 minute lesson every Thursday night. And I was like, man, this really isn't like they're just coming for the 30 minute freebie and that's it. It's not turning into a five pack or anything like that. And then the next year it just exploded because they were telling their husbands and they were telling their neighbors. And so what might feel like short term pain is hopefully a long term gain in that sense. Um And it helps you just practice. It gets your repetitions in, especially for a new coach. Like it just helps you become better at what you do. (laughs) So fine tune your process, right? For sure. If you need to give away a few freebies or discounted lessons to start with, go for it. Um, And then I would just say like, don't be afraid to try different things Um, in marketing and in life, (laughs) like in programs, everything I, I, Tried a few programs that I had seen work pretty well in Australia when I was over there, and they really flopped when I was here at Predator Ridge. Um, and it was just a different target audience. So mm-hmm. get to know your target audience, um, get to know what they like. For me, I learned that people are afraid of the word fitness. So they, they <laughs> want to be there for golf. And then maybe once you get those hardcore golfers in, if they want to do it like enough, they'll maybe sneak a little bit of fitness in there to become better at golf. Um, but yeah, just know your target audience. Um, and then the last thing is just be a good human being. So as much as they're there to be better at golf, um, they want a product from you that they're going to enjoy. Uh, so for me to be myself and to be passionate about what I do, um, really, I think lets them enjoy the process more Mm -hmm. as the client. Yep. Some very, very sound advice. You forgot one really important one. Whenever you're on a podcast, make sure you plug your own social media channels. So I'll give you an opportunity to plug your Instagram before we go. Where are you at on Instagram? Yeah. So um, Kyla and Abba, at Kyla and Abba, K-Y-L-A-I-N-A-B-A. And on Facebook, Facebook, I'm Kyla and Abba Golf. So pretty simple. And soon to be on TikTok as well. And we'll we'll watch for that in the spring. Maybe over the winter. (laughs) You can also find me on Skillist under coaching um, Kyla and Abba. Perfect. Well, Kyla, thank you very much for joining us. Um, You provided some really awesome insight into what you've got on the go, both from the personal side, as well as 
everything you're doing at Predator Ridge. Uh, enjoy the off season, get a little bit of rest, and then you're going to be back at her before you know it. So thanks very much for joining us. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate your time. And thanks for um, growing the game, even with marketing. I love it. Perfect.